So delighted now to be joined by David Connors of the Tomb Herald to look back on the Galway Senior Hurling Championship uh, quarterfinals over the weekend. Safe to say, David, like looking at those quarterfinals over the weekend, um, there was really some incredible individual performances, you could say, throughout all the quarterfinals. Yeah, for, for sure, Paul, I suppose. The one that's going to grab the headlines is, is, is probably Joe Kenning straight away for what he produced for Portobla. Um, it was incredible, really, um, just to witnesses. And I suppose, you know, <laughs> a lot of people would be saying afterwards, like, geez, he still has plenty to offer on, on that evidence for, you know, he's plenty to offer maybe a Galway team in the future with what he offered at the weekend. But, you know, I'd say maybe maybe in his own mind that day is done. But, uh, yeah, between himself, particularly on in Banlasco on Sunday, then Jamie Ryan followed it up with, you know, another mesmerising performance as well. Five points in play, you know, just some spectacular moments uh, throughout the game. You know, his pace and directness and, you know, shooting ability. And I suppose they were the, they were the top two. I, I suppose the two games on the Saturday, maybe, maybe not so much um, individual performances. They were probably, you know, the weather didn't help and they were probably more dogfights and, you know, just probably need to win. But Sunday in, in particular was... Was was a pleasure to watch Joe Kenning and Jamie Ryan in particular. Particularly uh, the first half of that game was just watching it on the streaming service, and some of the freeze even Joe Kenning is getting like against the breeze, just over with ease. Then the sideline, you're thinking against the breeze, and I think everyone was just in awe. Like even Sir Far referenced on the commentary, like that's worth the admission fee alone. Like. Would would you be happy to see Joe Canning if he was to, I suppose, make a dramatic return to the county scene? Because like going on that performance, there's no reason why he shouldn't like, I suppose, try again with the talent he has. Uh, absolutely, I, I think the whole county and maybe even the country um, would be love to see Joe Canning back in a Galway jersey. But like I, just from from his comments, you know, in recent in recent months since he's retired, I I, I can't imagine. A return, but you'd be surprised. I think I think his body's gone through a lot. Uh, you know, he's he's played a lot of hurling. I think he was playing for Portumna when he was fifteen or sixteen. You know, the win in All Ireland, he'd long club seasons. Then he then towards the end of his career, he picked up a couple of fairly serious injuries as well. So, um, you know, maybe it's maybe he's closing the door. I don't think anyone in Galway uh, would would be against the idea of Joe Kenning coming back. But yeah. I'd say probably just you know personally. You know, maybe he doesn't feel like it anymore. Maybe he feels his time is up. Um, I think he referenced, you know, I think he referenced in an interview I heard before along the lines that maybe he didn't want to, you know, unless he was going back in terms of the inter-county setup, he wanted to be, he'd want to play every game, like in, whether he'd be happy with coming on maybe with 15, 20 minutes to go when the game opens up. I I, I don't know. I don't, I by the sounds of it, he probably wouldn't, but you'd never know. Look, I, I imagine Henry Shefflin would, would probably approach him for a conversation anyway and you know at least test the waters but whether that door is is open I, I'm not so sure um, I suppose only Joe knows that really to be honest with you but his form this year is you know his form this year has been really good um, in particular that was his best performance the, the, at the weekend it was his best performance in quite a while for Portumna like Portumna this year have been you know it's been really team orientated um, you know, it hasn't been relying on Joe to rack up 15 points a game. You've have, you have had several other players step up to the plate. But on Sunday, it was, once again, as uh, it was the Joe show, we'll say. Um, incredible, as you said, 
sidelines, frees, catching puck outs, assisting people, winning his own frees, scoring them. And, and some of the striking, as you said, against the breeze was incredible. He's a lovely trajectory in his strike. You know, he just like some some free takers maybe hit it a tad too high, but like he just kind of you know just seems to sail lovely over the bar. Um, so which is oh, he's like years of experience of taking frees now at this point. So he probably knows every trick of the book and how to deal with the elements. And my God, he, he had no issues at the weekend in dealing with the matter. I presume from being at the game, like you can obviously only see so much on the streaming service, but even I suppose you're probably nearly looking at stages of the battle between maybe Joseph Cooney and Joe Canning rather than the ball sometimes just, I suppose, with the two kind of herders there. Yeah, well, Joe didn't go on him until, uh, until I think it was the second half even. Yeah. He, they did Sarsfield didn't make the switch and, uh, until... He was on Cahill Dillon beforehand and you'd have to feel for Cahill Dillon like, you know, yeah. it's when Joe was in the mood, like it's, it's you know, there's, there's inter-county defenders that wouldn't have stopped him, all-stars wouldn't have stopped him when he was in that form. But when they switched, you know, when they switched Joseph Cooney across, it, it, it did, you know, it did become a more even playing field and, and Joseph, in fairness to him, he did kind of shut him down and that was the platform for Sarsfields um, coming forward. Now, Joe still, you know, he still had these moments, even when Joseph came across, he, he sent a lovely couple of diet. He sent a lovely diagonal ball at one point. He was out in front for a, a puck out. He, he he turned Joseph over down near the stand sideline as well, where he he fairly hit him with a shoulder. And so yeah, no, it was a cracking battle. It's 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 the stuff at this time of year now, where you know you're you're in the business into the championship and you're watching these matchups and they become a lot more clear. And you know the importance of getting them right is 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 huge. Like you know, it's a, like if if they didn't start, they didn't maybe switch. Um, uh, Joseph Cooney back on Joe um, maybe you know it could have been a lot more close down the home stretch and maybe you know the upset was there like cause for what for 50 plus minutes there was there was only a score in it you know you know, and when you have a player like Joe Kenning on the field there's always the capability for a bit of magic so yeah no it was an intriguing battle you know hugely physical two two fantastic players going at it and you know probably the, the one of the best parts of the, the season so far Yeah as you mentioned there the uh Difference really seemed to be, I suppose, after the fifty second minute in that game, Sarah points to one. Yeah, uh, that's it. Like Sarah is probably maybe maybe Portumla ran out a small bit of steam as well. You know, they had been playing in senior B this year and you know, for Sarsfields had to, you know, they were against they're in the group of death, firstly, you know, with Porlock, Clearing Bridge, Thomas's um, you know, that 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 heavily weighted group towards that side. So they would have been you know, they would have had to give 65-minute performances in, in all their games, whereas maybe for Tumla, you know, when you're playing maybe senior B opposition, you probably, you know, you can maybe switch off and maybe you could have your game won before the final whistle, you know, in a lot of cases. But, uh, yeah, it, it was that one, as you said, it was it was six points to one. They probably, probably just had that bit of extra quality all over, you know, Alex Kinnear came to the fore for finish. Um, um, you know, Niall Morrissey was deadly accurate on the freeze. Um, I suppose maybe another element of being maybe Sparsfields did spurn three goal chances as well. Like Marco Regan had a, a, a ball that he maybe could have batted in, um, just kind of um, overran. Or sorry, it was Darren Murphy, I think, that he could have batted in that just overran him. And Kevin Cooney missed two goal chances as well. So maybe on that element, it could be closer. I suppose Sparsfields maybe have a stronger bench as well. You know, it's, it's, it's to be expected at the same time. And Portumna did lose Martin Dolphin, their, their yeah, designated sweeper. A huge loss after 11 minutes. Like, you know, like you're taking out your, one of your most experienced players from a young team. 
Um, he 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 came off, and you know they had to they had to sacrifice Martin Tuhi back the way then. And Martin Tuhi had a really good game, but you probably lose his bit of energy around midfield at the same time. And I suppose that probably told for a finish as well. Yeah, Kevin Cooney, like he scored so frequently, but you kind of just fell for him because. Like he, he still played so well, but like there was just like a couple of shots, even the goal where he powers through an exit move and kind of like bats it down towards the ground. And it was nearly kind of the astroturf, I don't know, or something. And Duggan Park, it just kind of took it wide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in fairness to, to Kevin Cooney, he was well, you know, he was up against a fierce competitor of the weekend in, in Conor O'Hare, the Portoma captain. He was Conor O'Hare in a fantastic game. I thought he thought he was after maybe Joe, he was. He was probably among the well, he was definitely among the top three or four players for Portumla anyway. Um really kind of shut down Kevin Cooney outside those couple of chances. And you know, I know Kevin Cooney had a had a hand in at a Marco Regan's goal as well. But um yeah, that's that's it. Like Kevin Cooney is, has been in red hot form. Um so like when Portumla can come away and Kevin Cooney has to score, do you think that's that's a huge Huge win for them and, you know, a big step, but they still had other players who stepped up, like your like your Darren Murphy, who's been a revelation since he's, he's come onto the senior side. Um, you've, you know, you've obviously Marco Regan who got the goal out. Kinnear is, you know, he's one of the brightest prospects in Galway, I suppose. He's a lovely hurler. And then you've Niall Morrissey, Deadly Eckert from the freeze. And you've, you've players who can score from deep as well in your Niall Quinns and maybe Joseph Cooney's at the same time. So, you know, they, they have a lot of options there, Sarsfields, and a lot of threats. So, you know, shutting down Kevin Cooney is one thing, but then, you know, you have other scorers as well at the same time. And, you know, as you said, like Kevin Cody was probably a little unlucky with his couple of chances, but I suppose, you know, you, you probably have to take them. And this time of year, there were there were two chances he probably should have scored and probably would look back and he'd be disappointed with that he missed them. Brits Harris feels like when you're, I suppose, looking after that game, they've obviously drawn Thomas is now in the um, <clears throat> semi-final. But do you think they'll be content enough? Because if you consider last year, like, they narrowly missed out of getting out of their group. And you could say in that game, like things weren't going their way for, for periods of that game. And like they, they just kind of like dug it out, as we mentioned there in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. They, they will like this was a this was a really tricky game. Like, you know, you're huge favourites on paper to win it. You know, everyone is saying these Potomac have come from senior B, all right, they've had a great year, but you know, it's a huge step up. And you know, it, and it is a huge step up. There's no point saying otherwise. But Portumna were carrying huge momentum. It, you know, a perfect winning record. They'd beaten Crawwell in a you know a dog fight. They've, they've you know, there's some of the really young players were in great form. They've won what they won, but an under twenty under twenty B title, I think it was this year as well. So you know, they've got into that habit of winning, which is a great thing to have. And as we see, with teams that won intermediate in Galway in the past, and I'm, I'm not comparing Portumna to teams that have won intermediate, but you know that winning getting a bit of momentum and winning a couple of games and winning, you know, just going on a winning streak can do a lot for confidence. So, yeah, Sarsfields have been contented with, you know, to get over the line, but, like, contented, if their year ends, it's Thomas is in the semi-final, they won't be content. I'd imagine, like, Aidan Donoghue and Joseph Cooney and, you know, all these fellas, they're like, they, they have their eyes on winning a county title now at this point. You don't get, like, that would have been their aim at the start of the year. I know they only got out of the group, um, or did you fail to get out of the group last year? And you know it's cruel circumstances, and you know it's it's probably a, a, a kind of an unfair system the way the amount of senior B, senior B teams came out last year, and Sarsfield should have came out because they were in the top eight, twelve teams in the county undoubtedly. Uh, and who knows what would have happened in the knockouts? But you know from the start of the year, Sarsfield would they would have set out their their stall. Like you look at their squad, like it's it's 
Thomas's aside, maybe like, and, and even at that, like Thomas, uh, they're they'd fancy beating every other team in the competition on on their given day, and and they, you know, they shown at the start of the year they're they're capable of matching Thomas's in, in the first group game, and had they scored two penalties, um, they would have beaten Thomas's in the opening round, and it wouldn't have been Torlock that ended the the win and run. Um, so yeah, like it's they've they've had the Starfields would be content to get over Portumla, but if they don't get their hands in the Tom Cannon Cup, like. Bridge like Lockray, like St. Thomas's at this point, they probably won't class it as a successful year, truth be told. If we're to touch now on their opponents, uh, Thomas's, nar- is the narrative really of this game got the job done? Uh, there was a bit of a comeback, you could say, by Capitago, but maybe I do. A lot of people, I suppose, would have expected Capitago to be a bit closer. Like it, it never really looked too much in doubt. You could say for Thomas's over the weekend. Yeah, they they just have this habit of you know when the door of opportunity opens for an opposition team, they find a way to you know to slam it shut again. Like it's you know just out of nowhere. Like you know just a simple move. Bernard Burke is coming through the center. Oshin Flannery and Dara Burke are involved. The next thing, the ball's in the back of the net, and instead of being like four points down, you're seven and. All your a lot majority of your good work is undone. Like it's just it is a case of that. Like Cappy are you know probably like maybe looking on the evidence of the last two years and maybe Cappy's chance is gone. Like it's it, it's it's cruel, really. You know the element of sport. Like you know that you know they've they've made four semi-finals in four years and now they've two successful knockouts and you know they probably look further away than they've been since they've gone on this this magical run. Um, it's they got as you, as you said on Thomas's they got the job done they weren't particularly good like they but they probably didn't need to be particularly good either like Cappy like to be fair they looked they looked fairly limited they were it was an average performance like what like you look down through it there it's like Niall Collins a pint Dara Dolan a pint Dan Nevin a pint from play I know he scored a free as well Liam Collins only got a pint from play and Jam Mannion didn't score like so you know like to beat Thomas's that's not. That's never going to be enough. Like you know, you need goals probably, especially coming in as an underdog, and even at this time of year. And like some of the, some of the errors at the start of the game, like they they handed Thomas's three or four scores. You know, a couple of puckouts went astray. You know, a couple of balls to hand didn't go, didn't stick. You know, they they were turned over and they ended up in scores. And they're they're draining of morale. And you know, when incidents like that happen during the game. And Thomas's are, you know, when they have the foot on the throat, they're, they're, they're very good at, like, you know, finishing the job off. And as we've seen over the past, what, four or five seasons now, they're, they've just become accustomed to knowing how to get the job done. And this was, a, this was another, a, another occasion of that. Just a moment I want to talk about in that game, because I've seen you had the clip up uh, over the weekend of James Gell's uh, save, which is just remarkable. Like if, if people haven't seen it, they should definitely go and check it out on David's Twitter. But it's just a, it's another former Galway player, I suppose, showing a moment of brilliance. Yeah, he's not finished yet, is he? So it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it was a stunning save. Like there's no point in saying otherwise. Like you know, it's it's point blank. It's on the 21 yard line. It's it's Connor Cooney, you know, firing it. Like so, it's not going to be it's not going to be coming at you, you know, slowly or anything like that. And he he still managed to get contort his body. But like the funny thing was, like he didn't even like you know, he's like he's classic goalkeeper, just jumped up straight away and was looking for the ball to block it out again. Like, you know, there was no celebration like or anything like that. Maybe he didn't even realise how good a save it was, you know, but uh, stunning save, yeah, like, incredible reflexes, like, you know, and 
you know, really good, really good. Like one of the one of the highlights of the weekend for sure. And you know, I suppose when he looks back, he'd be delighted with it. But you know, at the end of the day, his team were out of the championship, and you know, maybe another day it might have been match to find him. But on on Saturday, it wasn't unfortunately. Is it? Um, I suppose you could nearly say with Thomas's over the last few years, like they've got injuries at the start of the year. But whatever way it's came, like these injuries, I suppose the players who have been injured have come back at the right time. Like you're looking at Finton Burke from a few years ago, he came back around this stage. And like a player like Shane Cooney now to come back, like I know he only came on at the weekend, but it's still huge. Absolutely, yeah. Like and, and Finton Burke came back on as a soap in that county final. And when Thomas's were maybe a bit under the cosh, he, he won a couple of balls and I think he scored a point. He definitely set up a couple of scores anyway. And I think he might have set up the crucial goal. I think it was Ian that got it on the day. Um, so yeah, like you're you've Shane Cooney back now as well. Like what what a what a player to be able to bring on. And like he looked looked pretty good when he came on. He looked in good shape. He did a couple of nice things. He lovely hand pass. I think that was, you know, in difficult conditions, it looked good as well. Like and like even if you're not bringing on Shane Cooney to play six, you know, maybe it's a bit maybe it's a bit early for that. Like just the option there to bring him on and show corner back or wing back or something like that, like you know, and tie up a player and you know, like like in, you know, for an all Ireland run, maybe like you know, we saw last year he was missing against Belly Hale, and maybe if Shane Cooney was playing, it might have been a different story, you know, and maybe maybe it might have been a point or two in the difference for a finish. And you, you know, like TJ's last minute free might have mattered, it's it's those fine margins, but like Thomas's are you know, like they're, they're brilliant at this time of year, like there's no point saying otherwise they can they can beat you in the summer and they can beat you in the in the winter, like they're well capable of dogging it out as well. And you know, having a player of Shane Cooney's power and strength and hurling ability at this time of year to be able to come on and you know, if they're under the cosh, like it's a it's a huge boost to the team and supporters to see a player of that quality coming on so yeah they've they've had injuries they've they've coped with them and even this year again like they've been like Mark Caulfield started the last day um you know I think the Clare Bridge game was his first start of the year I think he, I think he started at number six and he was wing back the last day and he was on James Egan or he's on he was, he, yeah he was, I think he was on James Egan the last day and did really well like so you know Victor Manzo coming on he's got a couple of goals this year as well you know they're gradually every year it's one or two of these lads kind of coming through and adding to the squad and you know competition for places and you know they have they have a couple of options now that they can bring on off the bench and you know that's that's a, that, that's a good thing yeah as you mentioned there Victor Manzu uh, Mark Caulfield you're looking at Connor Head John Head like these players mm. coming through like it's such an easy thing to say like to be bringing through I suppose every club should be bringing through players but like it's just that's where you have to put your hats off to Thomas's because like every year it's it's one or two players coming through and it's like it's not as if all these players are young lads like like Mark Caulfield would still be around in his mid-20s like you don't see like you don't see many clubs doing I suppose what Thomas's are doing. Yeah, it's it's difficult, I suppose. Like Thomas's are probably lucky that they have one or two coming through every year because a lot of teams, maybe you know, especially rural clubs, maybe they don't, you know. But by between immigration and you know, let's move into Dublin or Limerick or Cork or places like this for work, like you know. Whereas, like I suppose, with in a Thomas's, you know, perspective, I suppose winning helps. You know what I mean? You know, the likelihood you're probably going to be in a county semi final final and. You know, there's a chance you'll put, there's probably a good chance you'll be picking up your county middle. Whereas, you know, maybe if you're languishing in senior B, you know, or, you know, the bottom means of senior A and you're unlikely to win anything, you maybe it's a bit harder to keep these lads so, and bring them through. But the Thomases have been brilliant at that. Like, it's the team has changed quite a lot since they're like, it's changed 
remarkably over over the last few years uh, even at that like I know it's the same face is still doing it but there's there's still one or two coming through as you said before like we mentioned like Ushing Fannery even doing give them a huge boot uh, one year like there's there's John Head coming through there's Gerald Kelly came in for James Barrett another year there's you know, there's all these kind of players that are gradually coming through. Um, Damien McLean, you know, has been in and out of the team, you know, this year he's kind of staked the place and cemented himself as a, as a as a as a starter as well at the same time. So there's there's all these options. And I suppose, as you said, it's, it's, it's what other clubs aren't able to do it, but like you have that, you have that carrot of saying, look, at what the likelihood is we'll probably be in a county semi-final minimum. And, you know, if there's a good chance here, we'll be winning. You'll, have, you'll get your hands in a county middle. So if you wait around and, you know, you, you come to training and, you know, you, you come to the challenge games and you play a few of the league games while a few of the county lads are absent. There is that chance that you can break in. Like, is it, like Mark Coffield was playing junior eight at the start of the year. He was playing in the, I think it was quarter final against Lee Mellows. He was centre back, you know, there's, you know, and maybe maybe they didn't want to, to use him in the early stages of the group, but he been exceptional in that game. And it's probably one of the reasons that Kenneth Burke has shown faith in him because Kenneth was playing for the junior A's that day as well. So he saw up close and personal how good you know, Mark Coffield has been, and he, like he's a huge man. Like he's, yeah, geez, he must be back. six foot. He must be six foot six. Like you know, what a player to bring back, and he's well able to hurl. And I suppose he's he's added a bit of aggression to his game this year, which is which is good. Like because you know, Mark is an awful nice fella, and maybe maybe times maybe that was lacking, but the bit bit of aggression has really stood to him this year. And you know, going up against someone like James Egan as experiences him for Capitagan, you get nothing easy there. So if you're if you're not willing to 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 to, to dig in, it's it, it you'll be showing up. And Mark definitely wasn't at the weekend, and he, he you know he's he's taken place. And look at his likelihood; he's probably going to start the semi final on the on the evidence of what he's shown so far over the last two games. With as well, like Thomas's, like you referenced, Paddy Hale, like they probably won't say it publicly, but they probably are thinking of it now, and probably I suppose rubbing their hands, thinking of the chance of of redemption, but like. If they break through this year when the Tom Callan Cup, like it's they one hundred percent have to be in the conversation then for I suppose the greatest Galway Club hurling team because like it, it'd be some achievement, like you know yourself I suppose from coming from that area. Yeah, I yeah it would like and I suppose you can be a bit biased too when you're from that area and you see it like and. I suppose all Ireland's are the currency, though. Like at the end of the day, like the county titles are unbelievable. But like in terms of being judged as the very, very best club teams, if they could add a second one to that, you know, if they if they could, like it would be, you know, it would definitely rank you up there, given the the caliber teams that are out there at the moment. In terms of club sides, like you you look down through like Belly Gunner, the Pearshick, like if they meet in Munster, it's going to be incredible. Like you've yeah. you've Belly Hale in. In Leinster, like you know, like, and then you have you know, like you've really good teams up the north as well, like that are well capable of like if you have to play them in. And I think it is the, the Ulster team that the Connacht side are playing this year as well, which the Galway side should I say will be playing. So you know, you'll have a real war there. Um, I think that I think that I'd be honest with you though, I I honestly believe when they do say that they probably don't think about it, like it's 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 it, they have a lot of work to do yet, like Sarsfields are. Going to be a really sticky test. Like it's, it's not. This, you're going to get absolutely nothing easy there. A lot of these lads might have went. You know, they know each other from county underage <laughs> panels. A few, a few of them might have went to school with one another. They, they know each other well. Like in Sarsfields, Sarsfields won't fear Thomas's, and Thomas's won't fear Sarsfields either. Like, but you know, it's going to be. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard earned at this point. And I suppose there is the carrot there of. You speak of the greatest club teams ever. Turlock have won six in a row. Like so, it's you know from that that Tur- Tur- Turlock team of the sixties. I'm right in saying. Um, so like there's there's that element if you want to match it, but you have to win the five first before you can win six. Like so, 
it's 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 I, I suppose they're like one thing about them and they always reference is like this won't be around forever this this golden generation like Thomas's are probably playing you know they're probably playing a lot of B championships underage they're they're not winning much like you know like they're they're competing in B but their like success is is fairly limited um like they, they might have one or two strong hurlers in each team like but. The, few of the lads like might, might drift away and you know they mightn't be good enough to compete and break in at this level but um so it is about winning all you can while you can and they're a very hungry bunch like there's no point like you don't win this amount what is it it's six county titles in 10 years it's you don't win that without being hungry like so and I suppose maybe when they were a bit younger they thought you know success would come quite easily but they had a couple of lean years in as well so uh, we see now that they're a more mature group and like you've leaders like David Burke and Connor Cooney and Dara Burke, like and fellas like this, like just like warriors in the field, like and you know, I I, I suppose, you know, like I I wouldn't hear too much talk about winning all Ireland at this point. I think most of the parish would be, you know, would be would be talking discussing about winning the county title again beforehand. But you know that 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 is a huge carrot if you do win it. Like you have a you have a cut a shot of redemption, and you have a, you probably a good chance of making Crow Park again in all Ireland final because you are playing the Ulster team, and no disrespect to them, like. A Galway team should fancy their chances against them. Um, regardless of all the four that are left, be it Clareton Bridge, be it Lockgrave, be it Sarsfields, they will fancy having a cut of a northern team and, and making it if they do win the Tom Cannon Cup. But that's that's the prize on offer at the moment. It's the one they're going to be targeting. All the four teams left in it. The curtain raiser, obviously, uh, Sarsfields and Thomas's on Sunday in Pierce Stadium. Um, like you mentioned there, Thomas's got the job done, maybe weren't overly impressive at periods at the weekend, a lot to work on for Sarsfields. But like at the same time, Thomas's are going to be raging hot favourites. So it kind it kind of feels like somewhat of a shot to nothing for Sarsfields. Absolutely. And Jesus, there's no any team that'll relish at that. It's it's Sarsfields. Like there's, there's never been much between these teams when they've played like they've you know they've they've met what in the semi-final a few years back as well. I think it was 2018. They met in the semi-final and Thomas has got a couple of goals. I think it was Jarrod Burke and Brent Farrell that got them and that guided them home. Like so, like you, you just go down through it, like there's going to be some serious matchups. Like you're you like you, you likely have maybe you know Darren Morrissey on Anana Burke and you know Niall Quinn on on Niall Quinn on James Regan or Dara Burke, say for example, you'll have midfield battle, maybe Alice Kinnear on David Burke or Bernard Burke on Niall Morrissey. Like you're there's battles all over. And the big one obviously is is Joseph Cooney and Connor Cooney. Like the, the battle of the Cooney's like that's that's likely going to be the matchup that could decide the game. Like, you know, I don't think like no disrespect to any other forward in Galway at the moment, like over the last seven, eight years, there hasn't been a better player in Galway than Connor Cooney like and and but on the other end maybe there hasn't been a better number six than Joseph Cooney either like so it's 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 going to be a fascinating battle and that's potentially where it could be won like see at the other end then you have Kevin Cooney maybe going against Finton Burke and like his pace has trouble Finton at times like and we saw that in the game earlier on this year where like he likes to run at him but like it's it's not as easy build up that head of steam this time of year either you know on the ground is soft and you know you, you know the ball doesn't hop up at your hand and Finton is a fantastic spoiler in that sense and you know, there's fascinating matchups all over. Yeah, you probably John Cooney at centre centre forward, maybe someone like Keen Mahoney could pick up him. Um, you know, it's there's there's just huge battles all over the field. It's it's a, it's a fascinating tie. Like, but like if you were to pick a matchup that could potentially define it, it'd probably be probably be Connor Cooney and Joseph Cooney really, and whoever can emerge victorious from that, you know, it'll have a huge say in proceedings and could potentially swing the tie um, in their in their side's favour. Yeah, and as you mentioned, like Joseph Cooney had 
to go on to Joe Canning and maybe it's something Sarsfield's management we kind of realised now because you could see kind of Joseph Cooney wanted to sit I suppose as that six in the pocket but then mm. someone had to go out and Joe and I suppose like as you mentioned there it's, it's the exact same with Conor Cooney this again yeah yeah and there's like we even start the last day like Conor Cooney started in full forward just to kind of mix things up like you know he went in and you know it, it throws a cat amongst the pigeons straight away so like like you always remember Kilkenny when you know when, when they were going well with Henry Shefflin and Henry Shefflin could start the game you know on the and who they determined will be the weakest link. So he might start in corner forward on a on the potentially the weakest of the six backs at uh, corner back. And you, you might see that element. But like Thomas could do that, like, you know, just upset it a small bit, like, and then he could come back out on it, Joseph Cooney, like because definitely won't want Joseph Cooney, um one won't want Joseph Cooney back corner back. But then you've I suppose you've you've a Kevin Hines or a, or a Darren Morrissey to to kind of slot in there and they can decide amongst the mix. Like matchups are so important now this time of year. Um, they're absolutely pivotal, like so. It's 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 getting it right, and as you said, like like if you maybe leave Conor Cooney in the space that Joe Cooney, Joe Cooney, or Joe Kenning got at the weekend, like the game could be over as well, pretty pretty quickly because he's capable of doing that much damage. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd be very surprised if Conor Cooney's on the half hour line and Joseph Cooney isn't standing beside him at the weekend. Are you surprised in somewhat that these games are in? Um... Pierce Stadium, because like I suppose last weekend we didn't see one game in Pierce Stadium and now the semi-finals are here. Uh no, because the pitches are they took a fierce pattern. Like there's there's no point in saying otherwise you look out there at the rain today and it's it's monsoon conditions. And mm. you know, the like two games in Kenny Park would have taken a lot out of it. There was you could see the surface water was hanging there after the second game. Like there was there was literally lightning and thunder during the in the, the Thomas's game. And there was every chance if like there was more than five or ten minutes left that, that game could have been called off given the conditions. So I'd imagine the damage that was done a double header on that pitch would have probably wrecked us. And saying maybe Duggan Park got a bit of the better weather, but maybe Duggan Park maybe couldn't probably hold the crowd of a, a Galway senior hurling double header. So, like, and I suppose the reason the games weren't on in Pierce Stadium at the weekend is because the pitch needed to get for the football final. Like, it was the biggest game at the weekend. There's no point in saying otherwise. So, like, you, you need to you need to mind it. So, I suppose one game at the weekend at Pierce Stadium probably probably less damage done. It probably is the surface which that's probably still standing at this point and I am like I personally would prefer the games in the Rye I, I, I make no comments about that you would get a better crowd bigger atmosphere Pierce Stadium is too big for something like this in my opinion uh, but needs most and I suppose it, it is good to have the pitch there probably in decent condition like you know I, I, I suppose you've you, like the only other option is tomb like but like are you really going to get a hurling double header in tomb probably not like so Pierce Stadium is, is the way to go and um, and I can understand the decision. Like it's, it's no. As I said, it's not my preferred venue. I'd prefer to see an Athenry or even Ballinasloe, but you know needs must at this time of year. Just on that first semi-final to get a prediction, like as we mentioned, huge opportunity for Saracens. But you, is your gut feeling just still telling you Thomas's? Yeah, it would be. It would be still. It's, it's hard not to fancy them at this when they get to this time of year. I suppose it's a good. Because if you're gonna if you're gonna catch them, maybe semi-final might be the way to do it. So that's what Saracens would be looking at. Um they just have this way of finding a way to win the game. Like, you know, when they look under pressure, they just able to come up with the scores, like the countless probably occasions maybe where they might have been they might have been beaten, like you know, like you third look a couple of years ago in the county final, they looked like they had them 
Um, and then they managed to pull it out and, you know, a big finish. I suppose Clare and Bridge were 10 points up. With, like, and Thomas's were minus Fenton Burke, David Burke, and Thomas has found a way to turn it around. Like, uh, like it's just you, you could not back them just given the evidence. And you know, they have hugely physical players. You've like Fenton, you've Kyle Burke, you've Dara Burke, you've Connor Cooney, like you've you've Bernard Burke, you've David Burke, you've 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 guys made for these type of conditions as well, you know, and they're well able for it. Like, no, it'll I'd expect it to be a very close game. I, I, I don't see Thomas's win an easy or anything like that I think Sarsfields are going to give them a real game and like if, if Sarsfields were to beat them I wouldn't be massively surprised or anything like that uh, but good, my coach like, does say Thomas is probably will get over the line again um, I, do, I don't imagine by much I'd expect it to be maybe a couple of points at most maybe um, and you know see from there just in one of the quarterfinal results over the weekend, uh, Lockray 122, Turlockmore 216. Um, Lockray remain the only unbeaten team left in this championship, and it's still, it's still, it still feels like a significant result. But ultimately, after the weekend, they're still not favorites. And like I say, there's definitely now a few people who are definitely worth probably sticking a punt on Lockray for this championship because, like, uh, for a lot of people. I suppose nearly like every year they felt this was Turlock's year to break through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in fairness to Turlock, they've had they've had a few injuries this this year as well, which haven't helped. Like you know, you like you've Daniel Loftus only coming on the last day. Like he's a he's a serious loss. Like he's been one of their best defenders out there. Like you've so you've Connor Walsh's absence as well, which doesn't mm. help. Um, you know, you've you've and you've you've a host of young players still developing. Like you know, you've your your own Canelis and your Matthew Tarpies and, and, and the fellas like this that are still coming through. So yeah, there is like Turlock are going to be there or thereabouts. They've they've too much talent coming through every year and playing in A competitions not to. Um but I suppose like this is like I have been so impressed with Lac Grey this year. Like every every hurl they seem to have met and they seem to have overcome like and you know like you look at it, it's such a young team. Like it's like you've Shane Morgan corner back with Kieran Hanrahan. You have, you know, like you've you've Joseph Mooney, you've Tiernan Killing, you've Martin McNannis, like you've 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 these guys, and you've like you've benched you've benched players like the two shotnesses as well to come on, like and you know you've you've a lot of options there, like in a Lockery, Lockery arguably have probably maybe the best squad in the competition, and you know like they only brought on Kim and Killeen at the weekend, and Sean Sweeney, like you know who are still or also coming back from injury, and you know Shane O'Brien as well as another really good forward, you know. And, Always capable of siphoning the score. Like I wasn't overly surprised that Lockray won. Like I, I actually mm. kind of fancied Lockray given their form and you know they had six weeks to prepare and you know they've a really good management team. Like um, Tommy Kelly is you know renowned statistician. He's taken over this year. Like I know he's worked with Manny Kinney in the past. Um, and like you look at their backroom. Like you've Greg Kennedy, Gavin Carey, you've like Shane Cusick, Nigel Murray. Like you've you've lads with huge experience and lads have worked in elite setups and you know like Lockray have plenty of talent and. Like this, you know, like they're, they're 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 they're. I wasn't overly surprised. I suppose like my biggest surprise was they didn't win it earlier than they did. Um, they had like they were six six one up. Um, and it looked like they were going to blow Turlock away. And Turlock Turlock somehow like without probably doing twenty percent of the hurling Loch Grey had, they, they managed to get their noses in front of half time after Jamie Holland goal. Uh, like like we didn't like they, they came back again. They built up a bit of a lead, but then they like they had a sucker pull John goal when like a, a kind of a like a, a nothing really delivery by Dahi Burke, kind of maybe a misfit one was turned into his own net by Paul Uban, and still they managed to recover and you know eke out the win. And 
you know, it, it was it was very impressive. Like, there's there's no point in saying otherwise. Like, you'd like you'd huge scores. Like, you'd, like Neil Carey scored three points in play. Like Anthony Burns scored three points in play. Martin McManus he finished with Martin McManus finished with four, and like he looked like Martin McManus looked unmarkable at the weekend. Yeah, from right to really... left, like turning everything, he, and like with that as well. I know you're referencing Jamie Ryan's performance, but they really yeah. looked devastating in attack. Absolutely, like and like what I found very interesting was Thorlock, like as in, like we spoke on how Joseph Cooney was switched across on, switched across onto Joe Kenny, like they, like, like Thorlock kind of held their positions for a long time, like they didn't really make the switches that maybe you know maybe try something else on Jamie Ryan, maybe try something else on Martin McManus, like they, they kind of held like they stick, kept Dahi at six. Now I know he's such a, an influential figure, but maybe. Like maybe put Dahi, you know, maybe put Dahi on Jamie Ryan for a couple of minutes to try and, and stifle his influence. And like I was, I was like, and like obviously I'm like I'm not criticizing anyone or not saying anything, but I was, I was just a bit curious to see how long they kind of persisted with the matchups they had. Like, um, it, it was interesting because like Torlock have a lot of defenders and they've a lot of lot lot of, lot of capable. Like they're very very strong defensively. Like I I would have expected to maybe see a couple of my new changes. Like I'm not saying like make subs or anything like that, but maybe switch, you know, a couple of players here and there just to, just to kind of curb the, 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 the Lockery attack. And maybe I, I felt maybe maybe they were a slight bit slow in doing that, but, you know, maybe just to form Lockery and maybe I'm being overly arse as well that they were, that Lockery were, you know, they were really on it. Like, you'd get 15 points of play by, from Burns, McManus, uh, Neil Carey and Jamie Ryan. Like, it's, like Thurlock didn't come anywhere near scoring like that uh, that telly from uh, from their forward line and in the end that was a the difference. Their opponents as well, uh Lockery, I suppose, in the semi-final this weekend, Clarenbridge, they came over, um Tommy Larkins. The three goals in the second half just ultimately won them that contest. But like I know there's a strong breeze in everything, but I think it was eight points down at halftime, like they they looked in like a bit of bother, but it's it's maybe I suppose something Clarenbridge have done this year throughout the championship. Like their their second half performance has been a lot stronger than their first. Yeah, yeah, and there was a really you know maybe a tricky enough wind, and you know like like I I don't know if you've seen it. It was referenced on the stream, and um that there was a bit of a, a shamazel before throwing as well between like as in Karen Bridge were or Tommy Larkins were warming up and Karen Bridge were warming up behind the goal. They were doing their initial warm up and they came in and there was a bit of now I didn't actually see it, so I, I can't really comment on it. I wasn't there um for the game. Um, but I, I heard like so maybe that stirred Larkins at the start and maybe you know maybe he didn't have the required effect from Claren Bridge but like maybe turning it around like you look at Claren Bridge's attack like it's, it's phenomenal really on paper like you've like you've TJ Brennan you've Gavin Lee you've Evan, Evan Island you've Mark Kennedy you've Keen Salmon you've Niall Armstrong to come on if Mikey Daly isn't firing on all cylinders like they have huge options in attack like um, you know it's it's no surprise that they're capable of turning it around and getting the scores necessary I, I, I suppose at the other ends, like they really, they really, they did a really good job on, like Clarenbridge's strong trio, like the their heavy duty trio so far this year. In Jason Flynn, Connor Gardner, Rona Murphy, I think what they combined the three boys only scored like a handful of points between them. Um, like whereas they'd blacked up coming into this game, they eight twenty six from play uh, between that trio alone. So like that's a that's a huge sign that the defense is going well as well. Um, it was a game of two halves, the classic game of two halves where. 
the wind is is going to have a huge bearing. And maybe when Clarence Bridge got their backs up, they you know maybe Tommy Larkins had no answers. And I suppose like that attack, like as as a reference, it's just it's phenomenal. Like it takes a it takes a lot of watching, and you you need you need to get your matchups on the money to to kind of thwart their threat. Is this semi final now? Do you feel between Clarence and Lockray, like because? Like, geez, even there when you're mentioning the sets of forwards lines, that it definitely has me excited anyways for this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's if the weather, if only we could get the weather. Yeah, that's you know, the you know, a good a good day like this would be this would be three twenty-three to four nineteen or or something like that. It like that scoreline wouldn't surprise me at all. Like these two teams met last year. And they played out, I think it was one twelve to one nine or something like that. But like the weather was was horrendous conditions. I think it was like Clarenbridge obviously prevailed, but I do think Loch Grey have come on a lot since that game. They've they've improved noticeably. Um, I suppose it, the proof would be in the pudding in the semi final. But like like it it should be a case of two forwards. But like this this time of year, it's defenders' weather. There's no point in saying otherwise. Like you have like it's you'll have your likes your Johnny Cohen like and Paul Hooban and. You're from the opposite side, you'll have your Ushin, Ushin, Ushin Salmon and Phelan McCann and you know your your Connor Lees, maybe, and your Shane Rhines and Shane Bannon's like they'll thrive in this weather. That's a defender's weather. So like I'd love to say we'll have a shootout, but perhaps we won't because the weather is going to weather is going to unfortunately have its uh, I think maybe if you could score maybe maybe 23, 24 points, it'll probably do enough for you in this one. Um uh, maybe even less if the weather stays like it is today. Yeah, no, even as you mentioned there, like it's nearly a common team now with the with the breeze and in Pierce Stadium, like it's it's probably definitely gonna have a, a factor this weekend. Yeah, and like when you have someone like Evan Island and on free from a clear and bridge point of view, like you know, we saw in the county final last year, he was able to float stuff up from his own from his own like half back line, like on the, out near the sideline, like just phenomenal shooters. So like that's Discipline is, is is hugely important from a from a lot great point of view, and I suppose they were they were very good at that at the weekend. Like Sean Loftus had five frees and he he scored them all. Like like, but that's you know, Lock Ray didn't cough up a lot of frees. Like which is which is it's a good sign when you're playing a team like Clareton Bridge, who you know Evan Island can like he can do some amount of damage when 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 if you're if you're indisciplined in the tackle or you're a tad lazy or anything like that. So like that that is a good sign from a lot great point of view. Um. So, you know, if they can keep that going at the weekend and like, I, I suppose it's probably a small bit different uh, coming up as well because we, we touched on the clear bridge attack. Like maybe they've, maybe they're a bit more devastating, we'll say, than, than what Thorlock had to offer. So maybe it was a bit easier for Lock Ray not to cough up as many frees. But when you have you know, Mark Kennedy, TJ Brennan, and Keen Salmon, like you're, 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 you know, Gavin Lee, you're going to draw a freeze, I suppose. And then you have the, the, the man, maybe, maybe the best man in the county for, for finishing them off in Evan Island. If I'm not wrong, it was Johnny Cohen who stepped up for that Lockray penalty. Like it's it was just surprising, I suppose, to see him step up when you consider the forwards that they do have. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, yeah, this is Johnny's taken a few penalties on Lockray and he's he's usually found the target funnily enough, like as like you go into the list of Galway hurlers that you think were going to take a penalty, and maybe he'd be he'd be he'd be towards the bottom of the list. But geez, he made a he made a great strike. Like Mark Fay is a is a goalkeeper who was in with Galway in the past. Like he's you know he'd be, he'd be one of the most like highly rated club goalies on in, in the county anyway. And you know he made mo- no mistake from the finish. He made a very clean connection, and you know it was a, it was a really good penalty from Johnny. So 
like I, I suppose you've you like you go down to the options. Maybe they maybe they maybe they don't feel like they maybe they don't feel they have a better better striker of the ball in terms of that. And I suppose pressure from a Johnny from Johnny Cohen's point of view, like he'd be well used to the pressure at this point, having played you know in all our finals for Galway and county finals for Lockray as well. So like he did a brilliant job to finish it, and you know it was it was probably the match winning score for a finish. And who are you giving the advantage to this one, David, in the, I suppose, second semi-final, quarter past two uh, on Sunday in Pierce Stadium? Uh, Lockray, um, I think they have been more consistent this year. I think they've been really good. I've been, as I said, I've been hugely impressed with them. I think they've come on a lot since last year. Uh, that's not to say Clear and Bridge, like, again, like Clear and Bridge, go, uh, a Clear and Bridge win wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but I do... I do think this is. I do think Lockray are, are going to make the breakthrough this year and, and reach the county final. And you know, it it like if, if only the weather gods would play ball. That's all I'd say. It would be it'd be a fantastic game and it would be a shootout. But it's going to be interesting to see how two teams cope. And as I said, I think what one twelve to one nine last year. I'd be I'd be very surprised if it's that low scoring this time round. But looking out there today, you'd never know. I get the sense from like. You're talking there about Lockray, like that there is a lot of excite- excitement and justifiably so with their performances throughout the championship. But you obviously believe that Lockray can get their hands on a county title this year. Yeah, well, I absolutely see no reason why any of the teams couldn't. Uh, be honest with you, no, I do. Like just on the kind of the look at the draw, maybe you'd probably push Lockray just slightly ahead of uh, uh, slightly ahead of Sarsfields to do it, but. Like if Sarsfields were to overcome Thomas's, um, they would they'd probably go in as favourites the final. Maybe it's it's very difficult to call. Um, but yeah, there's 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 no reason. Like we are very exciting. I really really enjoyed watching them this year. They've the lovely balance of youth and experience. Like you have, as I, I mentioned, the young players, Shane Morgan's, your Tiernan Killeen's. Like Tiernan Killeen is in with Galway, in with the Galway panel, and like maybe you know he, he hasn't really you know set the you know he hasn't been really. One of Lockray's stars this year so far, which is which is telling in itself. Given it just shows the quality that they have, they probably have you know Jamie Ryan like is you know maybe hadn't had his best season up until last weekend, and you know he just seems to be coming into a real bit of form like now, and like his pace is is, is incredible. Um, so yeah, I I, I would I, I I see no reason why you know if they were to meet Thomas's in the final like that they couldn't give them a real game and overcome them but you know it's, I, I suppose it's about getting there first and their bridge aren't an easy you know as runners up last year they aren't an easy um hurdle to overcome like and you know they they'll fancy their chances as well like and they'd be looking they'd be looking to right the wrongs of last year's championship and you know they probably will have learned a lot from that defeat in Pear Stadium and and the tin pound turnaround to Thomas's as well so um you know they'll 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 be Eagerly, eagerly, eagerly excited as well. Um, coming into the semi final because for like, like for them, it's kind of a shot for nothing, really. Like Ray, like Ray are going to be fancy probably to beat them at this point. So they'll be saying, you know, why not? Why can't we do it? Like we've, we've, we've shown consistency over the last couple of years, and we're back in the semi final again. So yeah, it's they're usually exciting games. Um, but I'm really looking forward to them. I think they're, you know, it is the four best teams left in the competition at this point. Um, I don't think anyone could argue that at, at, at this juncture and. You know, it's rare it happens, you know, by the look of the draw. But I think these are the four best teams left and it sets us up to, you know, to have a really good double header at the weekend in Pierce Stadium. 
Yeah, no, as you mentioned there, it definitely does uh, set it up really nice for, nicely for the weekend. Uh, two cracking uh, semi-finals in store. As I mentioned early on, Sarsfields and Thomas's uh, the curtain raiser at half 12, and then at quarter past two, you have Lockery and Clarenbridge in the second semi-final. And as we were saying, he was hoping the, the weather would stay away for uh, one day and lead to two cracking contests. Um, that's all on our uh, hurling show for today. Uh, David Connors, thanks a million for your time. No bother, Paul.